Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 12th episode of the Tech Educator Podcast happening live every single Sunday night at 7 o'clock right here on TeacherCast.tv. I want to introduce to the show my wonderful co-host. I want to introduce Mr. Sam Patterson. Sam, how are you today? I'm doing great, Jeff. Happy to be here. How are you doing? Doing well. What's going on these days on the Patui Network? You have a new website, don't you? We have a brand new website that is so full of super awesome, I can hardly express it. We're at Patui.org. And this week on Pitui Chat, we are going to be talking about how iTunes University can be useful for all grade levels. And we've got Rebecca Wildman who will be joining us for that. That's great. And um, talk to us a little bit about the website. What can we find there? And uh, what, what's, what's so special about it these days? Well, what's so special about it? It is a super awesome WordPress-based site that the amazing folks over at TeacherCast have helped us put together. And it has chat topics, chat archives, blog posts by people who have participated in chat, um, videos from past Google Hangout style chats, and a bunch of other stuff that I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's also got ducks, and they spit. Spitting ducks is a good thing to have on a new website, especially a new website. Uh, thank you for being here tonight on the show. We're going from Spitting Ducks to Ohio. I want to introduce Mr. Jeff Herb. Jeff, how are you today? For some reason, Jeff, you want me to live in Ohio, even though I live in Chicago. But that's okay. I mean, that's all Chicago, good. Ohio. They're the same. To somebody in New York, they're, they're, they're the same. Talk to us a little <laughs> bit about uh, what's going on these days in instructional technology. Absolutely. Um, over at Instructional Tech Talk, last week's, uh, week's episode focused on the push to kind of try and go paperless in your classroom. Uh, we also talked about several communication tools for the classroom, inc- including a couple of uh, new apps that seem to be pretty cool, and I wanted to share about that. Um, and we also talked about the idea of being adaptable, uh, tailoring our lessons to be more adaptable when new technology does come out. Um, and that was kind of a fun topic to talk about as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, in addition, this upcoming week, I'm excited to talk with you, Jeff. Um, we did a co-branded podcast all about how you can start podcasting in your classroom. Um, and that was a really fun show. And that's going to be releasing this week on Instructional Tech Talk as well. Nice. And that was podcast number 18 for you, I believe. That's correct. You, so you got it. Your podcast is growing really, really huge. I was looking over there. You're still listed in iTunes under new and noteworthy. I know. That's pretty cool. I'm uh, pretty excited about that. I was it, it disappeared off there for a little bit, and now it's coming back, and I've just been really, really impressed and thrilled and humbled by how much uh, you know people have been listening to it and giving feedback, and it's been really fun to watch that grow. So thank you if anyone's listening that are watching that has listened to it really appreciate that also joining us from the great state of ohio i mean uh, texas john samuelson how are you today hey i'm okay how are you doing i'm doing well now you you recently went to uh, an ed camp out there didn't you i did i went to ed camp waller which is a booming metropolis uh suburb 30 miles northwest of tex of uh, houston nice and, uh, and by, what and was by booming, I mean that they have no Wi-Fi and no cell signal whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, were you a participant? Were, were you, did you lead a session? What was going on there? I actually just set out this one and kind of just networked with people. But after, after yesterday, what we did was I took uh, one of the people that kind of caught my attention, and that was Chris Kessler. And I took Jake Duncan, who is Duncan Bilingual on Twitter, 
and I actually just went ahead and recorded a Techlandia and just got their thoughts. Uh, Chris Kessler does Teach Like a Pirate, and he did a good session on that. And then he also does the Genius Hour, which is kind of similar to what Jeff Herb has talked about, the 20% thing on uh instructional tech talk so i was i was like oh i didn't all right i get it it's the same thing so i talked to him and that's what we taped and in the upcoming week we are going to do a administrator this will be exciting for me an administrator chat where we're going to have a bunch of people on there we're going to have tim lauer tyler amadon from colorado principal jamie J from wisconsin my friend david friedman who's a principal in las vegas and you know Kurt Rees is a principal, so he's going to keep them all in line, and we're going to talk administrator talk. Nice. Very, very cool. It's nice to see everybody doing some wonderful things in their worlds, um, whether it be Chicago or Ohio. I know in, in the teacher cast world, yesterday I went to Tab Camp, which was a great unconference happening in Allentown, New Jersey, and we got a chance to talk to the people there a little bit about how to do iMovie. We had about 20 or so educators running around the hallways with iPads and tripods, teaching them how to make iMovie trailers. It was amazing. And then we actually broke out and we did an iPad app show and tell where we talked a little bit about what our favorite apps were and how we used, and I showed off some of the software and some of the hardware that I bring around and showed them how we do the broadcasting and stuff. So it was a great time at Tab Camp, and I'm looking forward to this week. Um, TeacherCast is actually doing two podcasts with a great company you might have heard of called Samsung, <clears throat> name-dropping, and they actually have been partnering up with school districts around the world to bring Samsung technology and and notebook computers into different schools. So I have two schools coming on. One show is going to be on Wednesday. One show is going to be on Thursday. And I think we're even going to be broadcasting those live. So two great episodes coming up from TeacherCast. Now, Jeff, we recently just did a tech educator podcast all about Twitter. And we talked a little bit about how to get onto Twitter, how to use Twitter, but we really haven't explored fully the capabilities of Twitter. And one of the things that we decided to talk about today was Twitter chats. Now, before we introduce our two guests, could you give us a brief overview of what a Twitter chat is? Sure, I'd be happy to do that. Um, you know, the really short of it is that uh, different groups of people have, you know, saw a need for educators to get together. And uh, one of the easy ways to do that with Twitter is through using the hashtag. And so what people have done is put together a night a week uh, for their particular hashtag chat. Um, at a specific time, they get together and they all tweet to a specific hashtag. And usually it's for about an hour. And um, there's questions that have been put together. And there's a moderator that handles the you know, asking of those questions and interacting with the people that are taking place are uh, participating in the Twitter chat itself. And so what it really is, is just a conglomerate of educators that have a similar interest in whatever that hashtag is focused on. And they get together for about an hour a week and uh, you know have some great conversations about some of the things that are pertinent to that hashtag. Now, there's a lot of popular Twitter chats that are out there, but one of my favorites is actually a chat that happens right after our Tech Educator show at 8 o'clock on Sundays, and that's the 21st Century Ed Chat. And we're very lucky today to have the two founders and moderators of the 21st Century Ed Chat. I want to welcome to the show Miss Jill Thompson. Jill, how are you today? Good. How are you? Doing well. Talk to us a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is Jill Thompson, and I work as an um, instructional technology specialist for the Charlotte Mecklenburg School System in North Carolina. And I also run my own education consulting company called Edulum. Nice, nice. Welcome to the show. 
Thanks. And we also have another moderator and the other uh, co-creator of the 21st Century Ed Chat, Mr. David Prindle. David, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm doing good. We finally got warm weather in Michigan. Nice, nice. Well, we have a packed house here today. Let's see. We have one, two, three, four. We have five, six total people on the show. It is going to be a circus right here on the Tech Educator Podcast. David and Jill, let me open up with you. Talk to us a little bit about the 21st Century Ed Chat. Okay, I'll start. Um, well, one day I was just doing all these different chats, and I started off with Flip Classroom. I started off with BYOT Chat and Fifth Grade um, Chat when I was a fifth grade teacher, and I just wanted one that kind of put all those together. And so um, I met David in Flip Chat, and I asked him, hey, what do you think if we start something called 21st Ed Chat and just have the people vote about what they want? And so it just blossomed from there. Nice. Now, the neat part about using hashtags, and this show has a hashtag. It is at Tech Educator, or the hashtag Tech Educator. You can, of course, use the hashtag to communicate with us. So if you are watching tonight live at 7 o'clock on Sundays, um, and you're on TeacherCast.tv, you can use our hashtag Tech Educator to ask a question of the panel. Now... One of the things that people ask all the time, and I'm just going to open this up and whoever wants to answer, please do. How does one chat? How do we take everything that's going on on Twitter and come up with a single strand? What are some of the ways that people are doing that? Feel free to jump on in. (laughs) I think it's just like Jill said. We um, created ours just to kind of combine everybody else's, but... Since I've been doing this chat, I, I started with flip class and then moved on with Jill here. I've kind of become addicted to chats. I've, I Sometimes I jump in on Sam's on, um, is it Tuesday night, I think? And then um, Michigan Ed on Wednesday nights. And then um, Jill and I, I think, have been invited a couple of times to Michigan or North Carolina admin. And so it's just... It's just kind of a fun place to go, and it's kind of topic-specific. And I think it's nice that, you know, a couple of times I've been in admin chats, and I'm a teacher, and they like to hear our input. And it just it's just an easy way to get into a strand and just talk for an hour. I think the I think, thing – oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Jill. Um, I think the thing I like the best is that – I can control my PD, so if I know I'm interested in a topic, I can just find that hashtag and then join that chat. So for a while in the beginning of the year, we were just launching BYOT in our district, so I was really following the BYOT chat because I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could about that. And then from there, I just differentiate my PD according to what my needs are. Yeah, one of the nice things that I like about the uh, Twitter chats is that you know, I've gotten more involved in the state-based ones. So you said Michigan Ed Chad, there's an IL Ed Chad, there's one for California, one, I mean, there's one for almost every state, it seems. And, you know, despite not living in all these states, I still try and jump in on them because not only does it give you a little bit more accessibility or, you know, access to, I guess, some of the people that are in these states that you don't normally connect with, um, but some of the people you do connect with pretty often and you kind of get a placeholder as to where they are in the world and you kind of have more of a connection with them knowing that, you know, they're talking with people from their location and they're able to talk about things that are location specific and you can get a better understanding of how things are different from where you are on a normal basis. And I think that's been something that's really been fun for me 
uh, jumping into some of the state-based uh, education chats because it's amazing how things are really different from different states depending on what the state is pushing down on you. So um, that's been really fun for me lately. Overall, I think that one of the real power of Twitter chats is that it takes you from a having to ask for what you want. Oh, I want to follow this guy. I want to see what Jeff is saying or I want to see what Jeff is saying to actually <laughs> looking at a topic instead of a person based conversation where I want to follow this person. This allows you to say, I want to find out everything I can about this topic and talk with the people who are interested in this topic. And then from that, I always end up with probably 15 to 20 people out of any chat that I join that I end up following because I've found new people who are interested in things I'm interested in. So when it comes to building my own personal learning network, I love chats because you can see who's interested, who's involved, who's active, and who's articulate. Mm -hmm. Now, there's two questions that people usually ask about Twitter chats. The first one is how to join and how to participate. And the next one is how do you start a Twitter chat? Now, Sam, you've had some experience starting a Twitter chat. On Tuesday nights, you do the Patui chat. Talk to us a little mm -hmm. bit about how you started that. That chat started out of a professional development need at my school. Um, I saw that the teachers at my school needed to see how completely cool Twitter was, and the only way I could do that was by like showing them a Twitter chat. Um, so I actually started one with the idea that after our hour-long in-person professional development, they would be able to participate in this Twitter chat even if they weren't in the room. Um, and what's amazing about Twitter is you can build something for people you think will attend, and then when they all go home anyway and leave you there alone, and you have the Twitter chat, people from all over the world show up. So what originally started as the Palo Alto Tech Using Educators shifted branding to the Pedagogy and Technology Tuesday chat because my Palo Alto people just weren't showing up. But I had people from, all, from Tel Aviv to New Zealand to Venezuela showing up for the Pedagogy and Technology chat. Jill, do you find that it was the same way when you guys started 21st Century Ed Chat? Were you trying to get people together and it wasn't the right group or how did you guys start to get a following for the 21st century ed chat um we promoted right off the bat um just did a heavy promotion for about two weeks before we started to launch it and um the first time i think we did pretty well and i think because we had them voting about what they wanted to see we had more buy-in my question is how did you uh, how did you promote it we promoted it by starting a website. We started a Facebook page. Um, we started an Edmodo page, and we just kept tweeting it out and kept just using what we already had built to our advantage, basically. And how have you seen it grow? I mean, when you first started it, did you have like a couple of people that were there and you just kind of still powered through and had the conversation with the two or three people and just watch it grow week by week? Or how does that process kind of look? Yeah, the first time we started, it was just mostly people from, like, our area. And now, again, we have people from Australia, and it's 10 in the morning over there. And then you have, like, the U.K. and, you know, Brazil and everything. So you have this international um, craziness. But I know that David can tell you more about the archiving of it all because I know he's seen it grow because we've had to keep switching how we've archived things because we keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, I would like to hear about that, David. How are you doing it now? How did you start doing it, and how are you doing it now? Um, well, we started with Storify, and that was fine, but what we found out is Storify has a limit. I think it cuts off at 800, and as our chat 
our chat kind of exploded and uh, Jill and I were kind of surprised by about, we started in August and by September, I had to find a different way to archive and um, Brian Bennett put me onto this um, one that is uses Google spreadsheets that took it up to 1500, but we exploded so fast and some topics were so big that it's 1500 tweet limit timed out halfway through the chat. And so we had to, I'd have to be archiving that and starting a new one at the same time. But now that they have a version five, because the way Twitter changed their API that now we can get up to 5,000. And one night I forget what the topic was, but we had two or 3000 tweets in an hour and it just, it held up. And then I just go and edit it that night and then post it the next day. It, and I'll see if I can screen share what I used. And, and while you're doing that, what are you posting on? Is it like a WordPress website or? Yeah, um, we, we started with WordPress.com and then I um, went to, um, I, I self-hosted my own and so I started using um, Bluehost and so I have unlimited domains and unlimited space on there. And so we now it's a self-hosted um, uh, WordPress.org site. Cool. And how was that transition for you? Um, I was a little scared at first, <laughs> um, but Brian Bennett and Ben Rhymes kind of talked me through it. And, and then I got some help from Jeff here that once you get, get it there and load it up, it, it's easier than people think. And let me see. I got the wrong site. My Mac is. And here's here's what we use. It's by Huxty. Um, and it's pretty simple to use. It takes me about at first when I did it, it took me about 15 minutes to set up and now I can do it within five minutes and it's all self explanatory as a video if you want to watch it and just written instructions. So it's pretty nice and here ours is already running. And Dave, what the f David, for those who are listening to the audio feed, can you talk us through what site, what, what the site URL is? Okay, it's kind of long. It's m a s h e dot hawksy h a w k s e y dot info, um, and then I think if you just he's got a Twitter archived, I'll um, put it in our chat window, and you can tweet it out to people. And of course, all of our show notes are going to be at techeducatorpodcast.com forward slash 12. So all these links and our video archive for tonight is going to be on techeducatorpodcast.com slash 12. Go ahead, David. Okay. And here's what our archive looks like right now. This is the front page, but the archive will grab everything that's happened in the last week, which is kind of nice, but I don't archive the whole week. And so, you know, here's something that was tweeted out. Um, about four minutes or four minutes after the hour. And so it has our hashtag in it. And so I just, as you can see here, all I have to do is put our hashtag in there and it grabs every tweet with that hashtag in it. And did you say there was a limit to that? Uh, 5,000, but it's gone over 9,000. So, wow. Now, the interesting thing about doing so many tweets, there's a thing going around I saw on Twitter called Twitter jail. Is that and, – and obviously that's not a technical term, but, but has anybody experienced the concept of Twitter jail? Sam? 
You know, I've found that um, co-moderators can be a wonderful thing because if I don't set up a co-moderator for my chat, the chances of me ending up in Twitter jail go way up. I uh, ended up in Twitter jail twice last week, once with Ca California Educators chat, um, and I w did have a co-moderator for that one. And then once on Tuesday, running Patui chat, I actually landed in jail as I sent out the archive link at the end of the chat. Um, so if you over chat in an hour, and I think it's somewhere around a hundred messages in an hour, they land you in Twitter jail for some amount of time. It seems like it's about two and a half to three hours for me at this point. Yeah, has the sentence increased for repeat offenders? Can you, can you I, pay I swear the first time out of jail. is really short. <laughs> so how do you, so it's just a timed out? Basically, yeah. You, if you're using one of your one of the other clients, you get this cannot send tweet message. And if you go over into the you know Twitter actual program, it tells you that you've gone over the daily limit of tweets. Now you can still send out direct messages, and you can still favorite things. Um, so you know you can kind of let people know that you still exist. But uh, generally, it's like sending messages to other people so they can send out messages about how you're locked in Twitter jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a riot. Hey, before I forget, I wanted to bring up, uh, we had a question. I know this is not necessarily on topic, but I didn't want to neglect the question that we had from our hashtag over the course of the week. Um, I think his name is Ian, I believe. Let's just go with Ian. Yes, it is. Um, he had a great We question. will call him Ian. The man formerly known as Ian. Um, Tim? He said he's looking into starting a tech club at his school, and he was wondering if there's any internet resources on where to start with that. And I know this is out of left field, but I know if we don't say it now, I'll forget to bring it up again. So does anyone have a tech club or anything like that going on at their building that they could point Ian in the right direction? No, but that's a great idea. I know. We had one. Um, we had some tech kids that came in and just helped some of the teachers. Sometimes teachers just don't even check to see if it's plugged in. And so they went around and just kind of helped um, problem solve and troubleshoot. Plus then they were able to like um, do some more of their creative creativeness and try new things. Um, we also do a lot with like Minecraft clubs that is more based game based learning, but we do have those as well. Nice. Yeah, I think, you know, it would be a really cool thing to be able to set up. And I think kids, I mean, I think Ian was kind of looking for like a hobbyist type thing where they're coming in, they're learning how to do podcasting and they're learning how, you know, that kind of stuff. And they're just working on it together. And maybe they end up producing a show about something they have a common interest in. Um, and we don't do that at our building, but I thought it was a really cool idea. And so uh, I'll put his Twitter name in the chat here and if anyone comes across anything make sure we'll send it out to him and uh ian thanks again for the question and we'll get you some good resources mm -hmm. yeah okay th thank you thank you ian for uh asking the question all right back where we left off sorry yeah. jeff are you going to screen share that thing that you were just that you had on there earlier i love yeah, that i'll one. pull it up there was another um archiving option mm -hmm. and it says 1500 on here that's not accurate. It is up to the, you know, 4,000, 5,000. Uh, they just never changed their site. I don't know why, but um, it's really easy. It's called searchhash.com. And you can put the hashtag in. You can put the dates if you want to search between 
so and so and so and so. I put in today's dates, 2013-04-28 for both, uh, just as an example, and then the hashtag EdChat, which will have 48 billion tweets to it. Um, <laughs> but you can hit search, and it gives you two options to get them. You can copy and paste off of the list that will load here in just a second. It's going to take a minute because I chose a insane hashtag. But it'll give you the whole list of tweets in reverse chronological order. And then if you want, you can click on here, and it gives you a CSV output um, that can open in Excel. And what I do for, um, or have done for Patui, is load it in Excel, copy and paste, reorder it so that it does it in the normal uh, succession for time, and uh, just you know copy and paste that table right into WordPress. And WordPress does the rest. It knows how to format a table correctly, and it actually looks pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I also then have a plugin on my WordPress that will automatically recognize uh, Twitter accounts. So if it's an at and then Sam Patui, uh, it will automatically link back to their Twitter account, which is pretty cool. And it will also automatically hyperlink any links that were shared in the Twitter chat as well. So um, it's pretty nice for people that go through the archive. They're able to see uh, or get quick links to the people's Twitter profiles and to any links that were shared during it as well. So nice. I just wanted to share that real quick. And uh, on a personal note, I'd like to know what that plugin is. So Yeah, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes too. So, I, and I know on Tuesday nights we do the NJED, um, NJED, um, hashtag chats, and we usually use Storify. And the nice part about Storify is there is an embed code on the Storify so by using that simple embed code onto a WordPress site or any other kind of a website for that matter, it'll actually do all the work for you and it gives you everything. It's all picture-based. It all has, you know, just like you'd be seeing in a normal Twitter client, um, everything is right there through Storify. And we'll have the links again to that, techeducatorpodcast.com slash 12. Now, speaking of Twitter clients, one of the other questions that people come up to us and ask is, how do I do Twitter? What clients are out there? What apps do I use to do Twitter? So let me open this one up to John. I'll start with John first. But John, what apps do you use for surfing Twitter? Do you nor- use the normal Twitter app, or is there something else out there that you like? I do. I'm a. I'm really strange that way. I actually use the normal Twitter client, and um, it's not a terrific um, way to do things. But that's what—that's usually what I use. Is I usually just use the regular old Twitter client. And if I don't, and I can see that Sam's putting up what I was going to say, I, I do use TweetDeck. But I think that TweetDeck is going away very quickly. But I do like the TweetDeck for just like the columns and going through. Um, Matt Gomez has been trying to get me to use Hootsuite, and I know that Hootsuite is by far his favorite. And he has a bunch of different Twitter accounts, so I know that that's the one, uh, his one of choice. And we have talked about that at the last two ed camps at ed camp houston and ed camp waller and hootsuite is a big one for him and that's the one that he likes to share that people should use the most and so i pretty much trust matt gomez he's a smart guy Mm -hmm. Um, and he runs kinder chat so that's always a good thing that's always a good thing to listen to the people that have uh been there running the running the chat so matt's been doing kinder chat for a while now we're looking at tweet deck and i can see here and I, i use tweet deck too but but john take us through this you can see everybody's column based off of what their hashtag their name their breakfast well what, what what do you got here well all right so here i'll go to mine very quickly so if on on mine i don't have it set up very nicely but what it has is i just have kind of a few because i like to keep it keep it simple but it here's over here is just my regular old home timeline right here and so i can get all that and watch that come in 
And then here's anybody that's interacted with me so that I can keep track of people that have mentioned me on Twitter. You can see that there's Jeff and Sam right there probably calling me names. <laughs> and uh, here's direct – I have a column for direct messages. And then um, I have my favorite column over here. But the one that we've been – that we're going to – that uh, Matt Gomez and I are going to try and start is the one called TX Idea. And so what we had thought was we had a we have a text ed chat, but a lot of times for text ed chat, it's turned into a lot of um, administrators that um, uh, that talk about a lot of policies in Texas because you know that Texas is trying to secede from the union. I will. I hope that's not a a news flash to everyone, but Texas is trying to secede from the union. So what they need to do is we need to go ahead and band to, uh, the administrators need to band together and kind of. Um, try and stop silly policies and education from going and happening. So what Matt Gomez and I are going to try and do is we're going to try and we love for some other people in Texas to join with us and we would like to not be the only two, but um, we're going to try this text idea so that there's just simple ideas to use in the classroom right away. Maybe something to try for next week and we're going to, I think we're going to put the chat on Sundays as well, uh, maybe a little bit earlier in the day so that um, people can come in with some ideas maybe when they're lesson planning. Cool. That's awesome. Does anybody else have a favorite Twitter client or favorite Twitter app? Well, I like TweetDeck too. It just is um, Hootsuite's just kind of cumbersome. I I had to use Hootsuite at school because everything else was blocked and it was my back door into the Twitter world during school. But um, I was curious why you think TweetDeck's going to go away. I thought I had heard that um, uh, TweetDeck was having a problem a while back with um, just Twitter trying to tighten up the, the grip on, on their tweets and trying to be the, the Twitter client of choice. And I thought I saw that the guy, had, I think I had gotten an email from him and said, I've really tried, but I'm going to just kind of quit um, going ahead and supporting this. And uh, I think it's going to, I think it's dissolving on a few platforms. I'll have to look up the article where I saw that, but I, I think that's run across my scoop it feed a few times. In the, and I think that they're going to quit support in early May is what I heard. Which would, well, yeah, which is a shame. I really like it, but let me. I'll, I'll try and find that then. I'll I'll make sure I'm not just spreading rumors here. But I, I promise you, I think I've seen that. So I think I'll uh, look it up. John, what you're talking about is that they're going to start kind of doing away with the download desktop versions because Twitter bought TweetDeck. They own okay. it now, and so um, they really want to push it to be a web-based platform. Okay. Uh, they are going to kind of stop the. Uh, development for the downloadable version onto Mac PC and they really want people just to access their cl uh, platform via tweetdeck.com hmm. um, okay. so I don't think it's necessarily it's going, going away, away but okay. the way we use it I, I really don't like web-based platforms that's why I don't like Hootsuite um, they may have a download I don't care I really don't like Hootsuite anyway hmm. um, but um, I just don't like having to go to a website to be on my platform. I like it to be in my dock where I can just click on it and everything's good. But um, that's just me being picky. You know, uh, one of the neat things about being... <laughs> and I, I want to say that I also trust Jeff Herb as well. I trust Matt Gomez, but I also trust Jeff Herb and other people. Um, so Yeah, no, they definitely... I mean, you're, you're pretty much right. They are discontinuing the development of their downloadable um, platform because they want to really kind of strip it down to be just like a basic level uh, tweet platform and that's going to be web-based. 
So that's at least what the thing came out. I read about that like okay. a week or so ago. You know, one of the neat parts about doing a live show, and of course we're here live every single Sunday at 7 o'clock, is that we have audience participation. Um, we Yay. just had somebody who's watching the live show who's at Peg Matt, I want to say hello out there and thank you for supporting us and watching the show. She says she also loves TweetDeck. And we also have another question coming in here, um, basically asking what kind of Twitter clients would you recommend for mobile devices? Is TweetDeck just as good desktop as it is mobile? You know, I don't use TweetDeck on my mobile. I th- I'm pretty sure there's an app. I don't even have it downloaded if there is. It is. Um, I particularly like um let me get it up here tweetbot tweetbot is one that i've really started to enjoy it's not free i'll give you that disclaimer it is not a free app uh i can throw it up on the screen here in just a second once i get my bearings straight here uh, i want to just say the one that i was showing was at, that's actually the chrome extension for uh tweet deck what i was showing off too so, so this is Tweetbot. Um, it's just a really clean design. Um, on the left-hand side, you, you can manage multiple Twitter accounts, which is really nice by just tapping on your name. Um, on the left, you have your timeline, your mentions, messages. You can just easily go through them, and it shows all that good stuff. Um, and it just kind of flows in. You can double tap, and it just really takes advantage of the gestures that are available on the iPad and the iPhone. Um, I use TweetBot on both the iPad and the iPhone. It's the only um, one that I've I've used a lot of them. I used TweetCaster. I used the native Twitter app, Twitterific, um, and I've landed on TweetBot in the end. And so I put them all up here just so you can see them. But um, it just seems to be the cleanest and most stable, and I've, I've really gotten to love it. I Especially, let me see if I can find one that has a response to it. Jeff, while you're um, looking, we do have a comment for you from the live uh, broadcast tonight at TeacherCast TV. Yikes. Um, the what Twitter is handle <laughs> is at Waka Puppet, and they're saying that you have a very sexy uh, uh, iPad emulator there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, this is a reflector for anyone who is interested in doing something like this. Um, you get to use the app for free for 10 minutes just to see if it works on your system. Um, it's $15 after that, but it is single-handedly one of the best apps I've ever purchased. I use it constantly, um, and it's so easy. I mean, it's just using uh, AirPlay, and it just AirPlays right up to your computer, and you can show off anything that's going on on your iPad. So it works for iPad, iPhone, and it's fantastic. So that's a nice little aside there. Um, for that. So uh, for that. Jeff, one of the neat parts also about doing a live show is that we can bring on other people from around the world to ask questions. Um, let me see if I can bring in a video screen. Uh-oh. Walk of, the pup, walk of the Puppet is... Uh, yes, actually we have remoting in here from Palo Alto. We <laughs> have Waka the Puppet, and I believe that is the Twitter handle, at Waka Puppet. Um, <laughs> Waka, welcome to the Tech Educator Podcast. I believe this is the first um, really remote that we've had. Waka, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, Jeff. I appreciate the connection. And uh, do you have a question about Twitter or building a PLN, or is there such thing as a PLN for for Mup, for uh, for, uh, for puppets? <laughs> well, uh, we're not really supposed to talk about the Puppet Liberation Network, 
but we're an underground network of plush from one continent to the next working to liberate puppets from unfair working conditions. <laughs> now, Waka, before you go on, I want to just encourage you and all other puppets to stick around after this show coming up in only 25 minutes we do have the 21st century ed chat and um i I believe it is puppet accessible isn't it jill yes it is now david do you do topics in the 21st century ed chat that are pro puppet (laughs) i don't know i'm just wondering if this was the first time a puppet's been on a google hangout Uh, no no, 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 every week in our show. no you've, you've never watched week. the show here, have you, David? Yeah, you need to watch the back episodes there, David. <laughs> but we do have a um, topic suggestion box on our website, so if he wants to contribute to that, um, we will put his topic in the list and see if he gets enough votes for the week. Now, now, right, wa- I'll just pick it out with my nose. Wa- Waka, is there anybody <laughs> else there in the room that has a question for the panel? Nobody you want to talk to. David, these puppets have been cut out of more podcasts than you've probably been on. <laughs> hey, Waka, the first rule of the Puppet Liberation Network is you don't talk about the Puppet Liberation Network, correct? Is Stuart there with you? Oh, God, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, where has Stuart been, actually? He's on a timeout. Unextended timeout. Twitter jail? Twitter jail, exactly. <laughs> it's so much worse than Twitter jail. <laughs> I notice your accent's changing a little bit. It's the air here. <laughs> I, I think I need to make up a lower third for Waka. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> hey, I do want to say, as long as we have a moment of um, <laughs> as long just as levity, of levity here... Um, I do want to say that the way I use hashtags is um, when my wife was giving birth about eight months ago to my fourth child, we actually I actually made a hashtag called Baby Sammy, and we live tweeted the well live tweeted the birth, and then I storified the whole thing. So now if I go back, I can go back and I have a little chronicle of what was happening, and uh, that was that's what I did seriously. I have a question for you, John. Was this yes. pre-planned, or was this spur of the moment in while the action was happening? You said, "Wait a minute, honey, I have to tweet about this." No, I actually we well, you know, it was uh, she, we knew that we were going in because she she had to be induced, and so I said, "You know what? I think I'm just going to live tweet this thing and storify it, just and capture it for old time's sake." And so that's what we did. So right there, I started it right away and took little pictures and snapshots here and there. And uh, that's what we have. No actual birth snapshots. More like me going, (laughs) where's the baby? Here's me at Subway. I'm still waiting. What's going on? But, yeah, that's what we did. It was fun. Did you just wait at Subway the whole time? No, no. I had to go eat lunch at Subway. Yeah, Yeah, Subway Subway was my last meal as a father of three. And now as a father of four, it's just that now I wish I could go to Subway. We we have another ten years and you've got... Oh, let's take a look again at what you were doing while our child was being born. <laughs> oh my god. Sam, I wouldn't be surprised if you just made that one, like, since the show started. <laughs> <laughs> Jill, how are you doing so far? I'm doing good. I'm glad I have another female on here with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember, this show is video and audio, and you can, of course, find us at the TeacherCast Podcasting Network and live every Sunday at 7 o'clock at TeacherCast.tv. Sam, does that thing have dreadlocks? Kind of. 
Tina's got uh, hair that's Tina. a little uh, pink, yeah. I, I'd like to know if the process that John used to name his child is the same process that you used to name your puppets. Um, did John take a picture of his child and put it out on Twitter and say, what should I call this thing? <laughs> no, I as he might. I actually named um, my son Adam Nathaniel after MCA, the Beastie Boy that passed away, since I'm a big Beastie Boy fan. And my first son's name is Michael Jordan Samuelson, being from Chicago. Represent. There we go. So there's where I get my inspiration from, celebrities and sports people. True story. See, now Jeff does nothing to say to that. What do you say to that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're all typing about puppets. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, there's, there's a whole side chat that will not go on the broadcast about right. puppets. <laughs> yeah, my part of it is, how do we get off the puppet topic? Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't bring the puppets I'm up. kidding. I'm kidding. It's a good topic. Nice. But, Jill, you have something you wanted to talk about regarding lists and PLN? Yeah, that was one of the ways I started my PLN when I first started Twitter is I would make um, – I would subscribe certain people to different lists. So I made like a North Carolina educators list. I made my own school district list. I made education guru list um, and subscribe to other people's list as well so that I could kind of gear who I wanted to follow. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, once you get up to a point where you are following a ton of people just because you are becoming seasoned on Twitter and you've had a lot of interactions and, um, you know, you've met a lot of people either at conferences or through the um, hashtag chats. I mean, I think lists are essential to be able to still maintain, you know, that kind of communication with the people that you consider yourself more close with on Twitter. Um, at least that's how I do it on TweetDeck or TweetBot, um, whichever one I'm using at the time. Uh, I always have a couple of lists open right next to my main feed just so I can keep track of the people that either have been guests on my podcast or um, are people that I interact with regularly just to have a better interaction with them too. So, um, you know, I definitely agree that lists are really important. And John, you're doing something with lists with Techlandia, right? Yes. You know, um, I was going to ask Jill. So Jill, do you, do you use just the regular, uh, client on Twitter for lists then? Is that how you share them out? Is that the easiest way you found? Yes. It's the only way. I guess I never looked too far into it. <laughs> All right, but uh, we because we I have the list that I've made, and so sometimes um, I was actually going to make a list tonight because at the Ed Camp they had a butcher paper where everybody put in their their uh, Twitter handle, and so I was going to actually make one for the people that attended uh, Ed Camp Waller. But um, we also on our uh, podcast we put we feature three Twitter people to follow, and we actually went on to Pinterest and just pinned their profile to Pinterest, and that's also a good way just to get it to more of the massives, because sometimes I've found on the, the Twitter client, uh, that so I use the regular Twitter client, and sometimes the list that I've populated won't show up on the mobile version, but they'll show up on the computer version. And so I found that to be kind of hard when you're at an ed camp and you're trying to show people lists and only two of them will show up on their iPad version. But if they were on their computer, all the lists are right there. I don't understand why that happens. So um, just to get around that a little bit, we did make Pinterest boards. And Listly is also another creative way that you can put people on there that, that we like to use as well. I think that lists, especially when you're trying to build your PLN, can be an amazing tool. And I've found that if I 
find a user like John, who's very active on Twitter and organizes people into lists and such, and I look at his lists, you, I can actually, whichever list he's made public, I can have full access to those and just go on a follow party and literally go down the list and follow, 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 follow. There have been times where I'll follow 50, 75, 100 people at a time, just boom, 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 straight down the row. And you don't um, get sent to jail for that? Well, it has, that hasn't put me in jail yet, but, you know... I know there's a thing. The reason I'm saying that is I know there's a rule on Twitter where if you unfollow X amount at one time, they stop you from that. Like you, you can't just go in and unfollow 5,500 people. Well, huh. I know I know that like there's the unfollow apps and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and they'll time those out for you yes. for particular, and, specifically that reason, right? And, and, exactly. That is, that is actually the reason there is because when you do that, they, Twitter doesn't like just unfollowing everybody. So, <laughs> Does there also – I'm just going to ask this for my, my friend Allison. Uh, Allison is a, a pretty big Twitter user, but she has about like fifteen or 1,600 followers, but they won't let her go over 2,000 people that she's following, and she thinks that once she crosses 2,000, that she can follow more than 2,000. Is that an absolute rule? Does anybody know? I have it heard that before, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, the, okay. Twitter wants you to be very, very good and very, very even. They don't want you to, you know, and it's hard for, for people that have like, 10,000 followers but don't want to follow 10,000 people. Right, Jeff? And vice versa. I mean, they restrict how many people you can follow so you're not just mass following and not providing back to the community. That's something that they care a lot about too. So right. um, they don't want accounts on there that are just following 100,000 people that you know don't really tweet out and don't engage with the people that they're trying to interact with. So they have put in restrictions for that too. Mm. It's really too bad for somebody like Allison who really mm-hmm. wants to follow more people and then she has to go and pick people to unfollow until she gets up to a certain point because she's a very active Twitter user. And like I said, she's my co-host on Techlandia, but she's also in charge now of the Getting Smart blog is, was, is her new job right now. And I mean, that's a pretty nice position to have. And the fact that she can't follow anybody unless she unfollows someone's kind of sad, I think. Yeah, and you know, I, I have thought about in the past, I'm wondering... You know, what would happen? What would the community look like if that wasn't there? And I, there must be a reason that that was put into a, into effect because I, I wouldn't have thought about that as a normal restriction. So something must have happened or some sort of spam must have taken place to an extent where they needed to restrict that. But you're absolutely right. I mean, it really punishes the people that are using it for good. But they don't. But I wonder how bad it would be if they didn't. But those are rules right. obviously don't apply to everybody. I mean, Justin Bieber doesn't follow 10 million people. Yeah. That's true. So we hope he can, he can barely contain himself right now. Yeah. So if anybody wants to follow Ted Rose CC, that's Ted Rose C E C I. She's in charge of the Getting Smart blog and a great educator. And I think you should follow her and get her to two thousand so she can follow some more people. Nice. And that dog agrees with me. Nice. Yeah. You know we're getting up to the top of the hour here and at. Set at 8 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central every day, on uh, every week on Sundays, we have the 21st Century Ed Chat. Um, David and Jill, talk to us a little bit about, again, how do we choose the topics, how do we participate, and for those who are watching the show right now on TeacherCast.tv, um, what is the topic for tonight? Um, Jill, tonight- go ahead. 
going to be talking about TPAC, which is technology, pedagogy, and content knowledge, along with SVAR, which is substitution, argumentation, modification, and redefinition. Yeah. Both of those are different frameworks to help um, design classroom with technology instruction so it's more seamless and not a separate entity. And I just put up our website here, um, 21stedchat.com, and you can see our our suggestion box and it's just a simple box tell us what you want to talk about and hit submit and then I've shut off our chat for tonight but it's just a simple Google form that has all our lists in it of topics and we vote each week and the one that gets the most um, will get talked about that night um, one week we did have a tie so we just made a double we um, did one one week and one the next nice and of course, you can use the Twitter hashtag two one s t c h a t. Correct. Um, Ed in there. Twenty first Ed Chat. Absolutely. And Guys, then, it's been... uh, if if you're interested in participating in that, we didn't really cover it that much. I think my screen was accidentally up there a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. um, a great tool to participate in Twitter chats is a website called TweetChat.com. Uh, it's really simple. You just log into your Twitter account through their authentication um, and then put in the hashtag right up here. You just do STED and hit go and it loads it up um, and we'll show in real time what's happening on that hashtag. The really nice thing is you can interact right in the message box up top. Um, you can type your tweet and hit update and it will automatically add the hashtag at the end of your tweet. Um, and the number up here that shows you how many characters are remaining already reflects uh, the hashtag being added in there. So that's pretty cool. Um, definitely the tool that I use to participate in Twitter chats just to kind of make it a little bit more manageable for uh, what's going on. So definitely check out tweetchat.com if you're interested in joining in on a Twitter chat. And the neat part about that tweet chat, Jeff, is that you can actually embed that into another website. I know I've used tweet chat a lot on TeacherCast and other websites that I've built because it actually allows you to embed all of that stuff and keep your own branding, keep your own website going on. So definitely is there. That is a really yeah. sexy emulator, wouldn't you say, Sam? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the other nice thing. Tweet Chat works great on the iPad, like I'm showing here, and it works awesome on the iPhone too. So uh, there's plenty of times where uh, you can just be sitting somewhere in a meeting, probably paying attention to something else you should be, but I'm getting more out of whatever hashtag chat I'm on. <laughs> so uh, I have not been uh, shy of doing that in the past. So it works great on all platforms. Tweet Chat it is a responsive website. It'll scale down to whatever device you are using. So check it out. Nice. Cool. Well, guys, I think we need to stop a little bit earlier today because I definitely want to make sure that Jill and David get everything set up for their chat. Uh, David, give us a little bit more about where we can find you online and what your Twitter account is. Uh, my Twitter is at dprindle. It's pretty simple. It's my first initial and my last name. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm not fancy with trying to be, you know, have a special um, handle just because when I first got on, that's what I use for all most of my accounts, and so it works. And I have my websites, davidprindle.com, and I'm in the process of um, populating that. I use it for class, and then I also use it for presentations and trainings. So I'm trying to make my digital environment for students, parents, and the outside world. 
Nice. And uh, Jill, talk to us a little bit about where we can find you. Um, I am at edu underscore Thompson, and that's um, the one I used for 21st Ed Chat. But then I also have one that's at CMS underscore Jill T, which is one that I do for all my Charlotte Mecklenburg tweet outs, what we're doing. And then I have one for Edulum LLC as well. Cool. And Sam, I'm following you both now, too. <laughs> Just <laughs> thank you. John, what's happening at Techlandia this week? So nothing much more. We're gonna do we're gonna do administrator chat, and I will try and keep my mouth shut and be on good behavior for administrator chat. But I do have that whole thing being a teacher for seventeen years. Administrators to me, it's hard to find some good ones. But we have some good ones on Techlandia, so hopefully we'll get some good answers. And Sam, puppet chat this week. No, no puppet chat this week. Hopefully upcoming soon, maybe. Uh, we're going to be talking with Rebecca Wildman about iTunes University, and we continue to have a lot of buzz over the voice comments app for Google Doc that we were lucky enough to help share with the world last week. Nice. And Jeff, uh, instructionaltechtalk.com. Yeah, just uh, what we talked about a little bit earlier. Excited to release the podcast that you and I both did together. Um, share it out to TeacherCast and to the Instructional Tech Talk community. Um, and then we're going to be sharing just a few more articles this week uh, with some new tech tools that are uh, being released. So excited to share those out as well. Nice. And there's a lot of great stuff again happening at TeacherCast. And I want to speak for everybody here and say if there's one thing that you can do wonderful for us, it's go over to iTunes. And you, it doesn't matter if it's Windows or PC. And this just happens to be a screen of the TeacherCast podcast. But certainly we would love to have you do the same for Techlandia and also for Instructional Tech Talk. And, you know, Jeff and John put out some amazing shows. And so I think between all of us, there are more than 200 podcast episodes for your enjoyment and for your PLN building. But the one thing that we really enjoy when people do is they come over here to where it says ratings and reviews. And right here, there's a top bar that says click to rate. And we love it when you click on that five-star rating. It is one of the best ways that you can reach out and say thank you to those who are making podcasts is to give them a five-star rating. And if you have a moment, we also love it when you come on down here and you write a review. Doesn't matter if it's good, doesn't matter if it's bad, but any reviews are good reviews. iTunes will rank podcasts higher with more user activity. Not necessarily more subscribers, but it's due to more user activity. And I think that's all the time we have today for the Tech Educator Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. My name again is Jeff Bradbury from TeacherCast.net saying have a great week and enjoy your time with your students. Until next week at 7 o'clock, see you later, guys. See ya.